You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 161, Car Bomb. Hosted by Dan Terry. I bought the holy fucking shit edition of this. And Joseph Wren. Junt. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if the only car bomb your co-host knows is Irish in nature, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Sorry, I wish I was in a better mood. Triple uh. <laughs> A DRM is bullshit. That's what I have to say. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super stoked. Uh, I'm trying to play Doom Eternal, and I just, you know, I can't. It won't work. It won't launch. Um, I can understand having an outdated gaming rig, you know, but like at that point, let me launch the game and then let me tell you whether or not it's acceptable to play or not. Because I'll concede, if it runs like garbage, I just won't, you know, I just, I'll get, I'll get better stuff and move on but they're not even doing that they're making that decision for me they're trying to say you know oh you know you built your computer too long ago so now i'm basically just sitting here with a game on my hard drive taking up 40 gigs of space that i can't play so thank you so much for that bethesda i really appreciate it kind of in the mood for a little car bomb are you I think it matches the type of rage. That was actually really... I, I think I articulated that better than I have all day. He's not in a good mood. Nobody can see him but me right now. I mean, this is disappointment levels of pissed off. Like, not even rage. Just, really, guys? This is what you've done to me? Do you know who I am? I am the Doomslayer. Well, you can't play the game. Well, I don't know what I was more in the mood for. The dissonant sounds of a guitar being drug against the wall or the technical we want to be whatever type of degent counting band that they are. But Car Bomb, it scratched a bit of an itch this week. I think this week's been a little crazy for all of us. And it was kind of nice just to listen to some dirty fucking dirgy metal just just pure yeah just pure aggression and uh with a little bit of other stuff in there too it's kind of like uh it's it's very much like dillinger escape plan uh quite literally and figuratively in that you know it's a whole bunch of different ingredients all mixed together probably from like various cleaners and chemicals underneath your kitchen sink you know you put all that in a glass but then, you know, every now and again, they throw like a few maraschino cherries in there just, just to make sure, you're, you know, your taste buds are still working. And uh, that that's probably the coolest thing about Car Bomb is I never know what they're going to do next. They are so spastic that it really like it. I haven't heard anything like this since Dillinger or Tony Danza. Um, there are elements of stuff like Meshuggah in it, uh, but it's like that kind of comes later they get a little bit more structured later on but we'll we'll get into it not a whole lot of album i mean not a whole lot of albums to go through so um it's been an interesting journey well before we conquer the hypnotic worm because the spice must flow i'm gonna take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast thank you for listening and for subscribing if you are not a subscriber then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com we're on spotify Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, we do love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, but what I like more than that is you guys sharing the episodes, what you guys have been doing, and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I love signing into Facebook and realizing that you guys have shared the episodes already, so I don't have to, but I do anyway. Uh, 
keep it up guys i really appreciate it thanks for commenting liking sharing the episodes letting people know why you like the podcast and why you continue to listen to the podcast 2007 centralia it's a pretty epic sounding name it is and it's actually probably their least epic sounding record not that's not to say that it's not epic i it's really hard for me to really determine what it is to be honest because it's probably their craziest i mean this is the, for dillinger lovers like this i compare this to like their calculating infinity album where this is where they wanted to just show up and no pun intended just blow up in your face uh which is which is what they do this record comes in so aggressive so heavy so chaotic that the first time i heard it i had to stop it like several times and start it over again not because it was bad but because i just had to wrap my head around everything that was going on um it's been a while since we've talked about bands this chaotic but I mean, if you're into stuff like Spitfire or Tony Danza or even or even some Converge stuff, Dillinger Escape Plan for sure. Just take that stuff, throw it all in a blender, and you have Centralia. I mean, just picks, just, just weirdest pick scraping noises that you've ever heard in a record like this. Uh, they don't rely on cheap tricks. Like they they keep it they keep it blast beat intense pretty much throughout the duration. It's hard for me to follow along with records like this, not because they're good, but because there was a time when everybody was trying to do the chaotic metal thing, and it was always chug an open and then make twiddly noises with your guitar pick and everybody playing sync and we're going to play in strange time signatures not because we need to for the composition to move forward but because well it's a thing we're doing now at worst this just sounds like noise but you can't tell me that this is shit and then tell me that a record like bitches brew is a fucking classic you have to be willing to take in what the band is giving you to appreciate this style and even though you might not be into the hardcore screaming or the dissonant guitar sounds, at some point you've got to sit down and feel what the music is trying to make you feel. And this one is just trying to make you uncomfortable. It definitely makes me feel uncomfortable. It, again, I hate to keep using the Dillinger comparison, and it, that will get less as we go on. But, um, you know, the... Uh the unpredictability really does make me uncomfortable and feel uh, kind of kind of vulnerable in a lot of ways, you know, because I, I'm never really sure what's coming next. I'm, I don't know if we're about to go into like a blasting section with death vocals or if they're just going to throw some weird clean singing out there. They don't do a whole lot of it on this record, but they just throw it in at weird places. And it's weird because it's not really melodious, uh, you know, to <laughs> so to speak. You know, it's it's like they threw it in there because they knew that that's what we weren't expecting. Sometimes I think that bands put something like this together because they're trying to make you uncomfortable or they're trying to take away your expectations. But at the same time, when everybody was doing this, my expectation was that you were just going to make a bunch of fucking noises and eventually the record would be over. So right. I think it loses impact for that reason, but on its own by itself, it has enough of that intense melody. And I do say melody because the band is obviously playing together. It's not like they're just throwing their guitars against the fucking floor and seeing what happens. Yeah, and that was my maraschino cherry comparison. You know, that they're going to throw stuff in there that's going to be very sweet to you, you know, but only for a second, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, 
I think I think the thing that threw me off was that this band was immediately awesome. I mean, this this band has had the exact same lineup for since the year 2000. So I mean, that's 20 years of all the same guys, and they were good the first time. You know, there, there isn't a whole lot of learning, at least not anything that that I have really noticed. Um, but I think the record stays intense because it's so short. It's only 32 minutes, and um, it just gets in, punches you in the face a whole bunch of times, and then gets out. And um, But the, it has the added benefit of being a record that you can listen to over and over and over again and always find new stuff. Like, it is a... It is a uh, what's the word? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's a word for that. Uh, <laughs> where you just can go back, and it's jam-packed with so much stuff you know within that 32 minutes that it's almost like a compressed you know file on your computer that you have to unpack you know um and so you can find a lot to go back to on this record and a lot of people probably did uh (laughs) a lot of people probably did go back to this record a lot because we didn't get another release from the band until 2012 that's a long time between albums 2012 I don't know how I'm supposed to fucking say this, so I'm just going to say, I'm pretty sure this is just how the band writes their songs. They just put a bunch of strange lines on the page, and then everybody gets together and says, all right, guys, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. I just... I don't think it means anything. I think it's just a thing. You got to be careful about that, Joe. We can't just... We cannot just be assuming that album titles don't mean anything. We got in trouble last time we did that, so... Uh, But, you know, what's funny is this record is more of a I don't want to say it's an expansion on Centralia but they this is definitely where they start incorporating a little bit more of that Meshuggah sound absolutely I would say say that you know um, Centralia was more in the realm of like a Dillinger escape plan or Tony Danza type of record and probably they're influenced by a bunch of bands I've never even heard of that are probably better than the bands I mentioned but uh, that's my frame of reference, so I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, I mean, from the first second, you start getting a little bit more of that, like, uh, Meshuga precision. They're still being very chaotic, but they're doing it very precisely, if that makes sense. Um, whereas the first CD was certainly ultra-technical, uh, this album is is even more so, to the point where I start asking myself how this band remembers their songs. And that's exactly when the music becomes memorable. This record has some of the melodic sung, I'm not going to call them choruses, but it's like they added just enough electronics to make the album flow where it wasn't flowing before. It's like the band's over here in the infrared spectrum, but somebody else was on the other side saying, hey guys, it's purple over here, come on. And everybody just started playing together. Yeah. I think that they spent all that time really writing these songs. It's not easy to write this kind of chaotic metal unless you're the kind of guy that's way into it. I'm sure there's somebody out there I could give a list of time signatures to and I could get a sweet fucking beat back. But most of the time it's just playing in unison, which is what this band does a lot of. And that's probably my biggest criticism is most of the time all they're doing is playing in unison, which is kind of Sepultura-ish. It has a little bit of that rhythmic tribal vibe of just, no, everybody's going to do something together. I think what's interesting about this record, too, is that they, this is the first one that I would say would be, like, progressive. 
in the traditional sense. It's not that the previous record didn't have progressive elements in it. It definitely did. But it seemed like they were just like, let's be chaotic. And then you get to this album and you look at the cover and you're like, okay, these guys are these guys are kind of going for more of a prog slant. Um, and, you know, they definitely um, stepped it up a lot and you get a lot of that mashuga sounding um sounding stuff it's almost like i guess there's no other way to put it it's like if mashuga took more risks it's more like you know? between the buried and me with all heavy vocals and less sweet picking yeah yeah absolutely and i love it i mean i love it i love i think this one actually pounds heavier than the than the last one did that could totally just be a production thing but i just feel like we're a little bit more down tuned you know um it's not quite genty yet it will get there, uh, but on this record, it's still a little bit more traditional in its approach, uh, and the approach is the only thing that's traditional about it. Um, the, some of these records just have to be heard to be believed because you're going to be listening and just thinking to yourself, what is even going on here if you have no frame of reference? You know. So I just feel like, I mean, this record's awesome. I wish there was more I had to say about it, but I mean, if you're into this like chaotic, techie stuff, and, and I want to make a distinction, too, between a band like Car Bomb and a band like The Chariot, or as we know, when we talked about The Chariot and even even old Norma Jean or even Spitfire, those those were chaotic hardcore bands, like, for sure. This is a little different in the sense that it is chaotic metal. There There's a much more um, actual calculation, no pun intended, because everybody says they are a math core band. Um, but this music is much more calculated and much more planned out. It's... Yeah, we just want to make a loud noise, but we want to make that loud noise as profoundly as possible. And I think Carbomb largely succeeds in that. 2016. Meta. Ooh, it's getting meta up in here. It's getting extremely meta in here. So this is kind of cool. This album was produced by uh, Joseph Duplantier of uh, Gojira. Anybody so, named mean, Joseph that produces a record is an awesome guy. Right? He is an awesome guy. He's, he's in a really great band. If you haven't heard our discussion on gojira you know go listen to that because uh, we'll tell you all about it um but uh this record is i don't want to say it's my favorite record no it is it's meta is definitely my favorite car bomb record um because it's genty <laughs> um and it, but it's it's done with so uh i don't know uh, to to quote uh to quote you know november's doom it's done with such class you know <laughs> Um, it, it's loud. It's in your face. Um, this one, though, introduces a few more like drudging elements to it, and it's got that um, it's got that genty drone to it. Um, but at the same time, they're still doing all the stuff that they did on the previous two records. If that makes sense, they're they're adding they're kind of peppering different elements into the mix. This was the first record I heard, and I was shocked to go back and hear that the band was previously more chaotic because when i listen to this i get to make up genres like brutal technical degent hard metal like i get to just throw random words together because depending on what kind of day it is that's what they're doing they're just throwing random shit together but they didn't start out just throwing random shit together they started out throwing ideas together in a very chaotic manner and this is the next logical progression. From the dust of the planet starts off, it sounds like there's a third arm playing these guitar riffs. Somebody's just got his hands on the tuners and he's randomly tuning them up and tuning them down, which might be a staple of Degent, but the way they do it, there's a little bit more of that progressive metal that you were talking about in the last record 
So it's not all dissonant, droney breakdowns. It occasionally comes out of that, but then we go back into it. And I'm sure that's what you want if you're a fan of that style, and this band might be a little too progressive for you. Because they're definitely not the most progressive band out there trying to play this way. They might be one of the most enjoyable, though. They are very enjoyable, and I think that's... Because this record just blows my mind on multiple levels. Um, how they were able to incorporate like more atmospheric sounds... Because like, I feel like the first two records, it was like, they're going to show up and they're just going to beat you over the head so hard. And it's profound. Like You can go back and listen to it and actually find like that it's actually a little bit deeper than that. Uh, but on this record especially, you start seeing those progressive elements kind of come into the forefront. And um, you start realizing these guys aren't here to mess around. Like This is 16 years into their existence as a band. Same guys and they were awesome on the first record you know they were awesome eight years before this you know so what you what you have here is a bunch of dudes that know what they're doing and they have a little bit more of a sense of control and i don't want to use the term controlled chaos because i think that's a cliche um but they have they have a measure of um reservation uh you know on this record especially where they're gonna go they're gonna go you know balls out crazy at times but like that was part of the plan the entire time it's not so much of an emotional connection as it is a um all things are good in moderation so you get those clean vocals but they don't dominate the records the band never sings a chorus because can you put choruses in songs like this are these even songs i guess I mean, you could if you wanted to <laughs> there's a lot of questions that i have about records like this where it's like can i even call this call these songs in the traditional sense you know um and i don't care i love the way that it sounds but i i think car bomb is an example of a band that you've probably never heard that is probably better than whatever band you like that plays this style this record reminds me of the first time i heard candiria and i admit the first time i heard candiria and i consciously knew it was candiria was their newest album while they were sleeping when you listen to that record and you hear that progressive rock with all of the random elements that candiria has been using over the course of their career and they're telling you a story you're not just getting an innovative band who's playing this style better than most of the bands you're listening to. You're hearing a band that's refined it over decades. So yeah. Car Bomb is doing the same thing. It's not just good because they've been doing it for a long time, but they've refined it. They figured out that you don't just have to drone on open dissonant chords and release 17 records of that. Sometimes you get to back off, move to the right, and then come back in. And you get to take a breath every once in a while. And the unison hits that I was a little critical of on the previous record are used to emphasize the point that the riff is not just dissonant droning. We're actually counting, and we've been counting the whole time. And it, it's there's a certain almost of a smirk on the music where they're like, we know what's about to happen, and you don't, and you're not going to be prepared for it. <laughs> it's almost like Devo when you watch him play and they all start turning like robots. Like you know they're yeah. going to do something cool, but it might not be right now. Okay, it might it not, not be, be right now either. <laughs> well, and it's weird too to have a band that is you know kind of starting to experiment more with their sound that they really haven't thrown any elements in there that has put me off. 
either you know and that's the unique thing of that these records are enjoyable from beginning to end number one because they're not too long you know i dropped the p word earlier progressive and usually that means 72 minutes automatically uh this is not that band or longer that band is dream theater you know um these guys are still about the quick the quick gut punch and again they're counting on the fact that it may be a shorter experience than what you're used to with this kind of music but you're going to go back and have to unpack it because you did not pick up everything that was going on the first time you listened to it. And that's what makes a band like this challenging for us to talk about on the show because listening to their stuff for a week beforehand is not going to cut it. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to... You've got to listen to these records three or four times, and I think for that reason, I was very thankful that they were uh, as brief as they were. 2019. Mordial. Well, this one was cool. <laughs> um, kind of like... Did you like the last record? Um, without it being really the same, but more in the same style. They're, they're continuing on that journey that they started. This is also the shortest gap between albums at like three years. Worth noting too, that other than their debut, their debut record was on Relapse. Everything we've heard since then, despite how much better it sounds, 100% independent. This isn't a band getting better because they have major label backing. This is the band that got better because they're good. And in a genre that is held to the standard of Meshuggah. They are being arguably more creative with their sound because they're not sticking to the robotic droning. Somehow, they are growing inside of a genre that is very easy to stereotype. They are. I mean, I think if you heard Van on a surface level, you might be able to convince yourself that they are a ripoff of somebody, but you're wrong. Um, they are a band that's playing a style you may be familiar with, but you really, you can't sit there and tell me that you know what this band's going to do next at any point. I think that this record is a bit more droney than what we'd had previously. Like, they're really using this as a backbone. Like, they're using that Meshuggah Genty sound as kind of a backbone for their heaviness. And they're not going for the throat as much as far as like, you're not gonna go from like a metalcore section into a heavy chug into a grind section. You know, it's just, that's not gonna happen uh, on this record, but they're gonna go in a lot of weird directions in the sense that they'll just th- they'll just throw in a, a, a clean vocal that you don't expect at all. That sounds beautiful and you're actually sad whenever it's gone. It's not over the top, it's not dream theater. It's not like, you know, um, through the stratosphere, just a dude singing. And it sounds great with that backdrop of car bomb in the back, just beating you over the head with their heaviness. Um, I love that about this record. I never know when the cleans are going to come in and they're actually exciting because they're not done in a chorusy fashion. And the music on this record is overall much more melodic uh, than what we had gotten on previous records. And again, that's kind of unexpected though, because you don't expect that from a from a band like Carbomb, you, you think they're just gonna beat you, beat you, beat you, beat you. And they still do that. If you're only if you're only here for Godzilla, he's still here. <laughs> it's hard to talk about this album without comparing it to other bands. I think the best record by Carbomb is Meta. I think it's the best balance of the chaotic and the drony and the dissonant and the melodic. Mordial is that band challenge to write the most melodic metal possible while still maintaining that heaviness and that's hard to do uh, because a lot of bands feel like they can only go in one direction or the other and um i'll tell you what i i I found it kind of refreshing on this record that you know because before so if you if you want to describe car bomb in the most bare bone terms you know 
the first two records sound like Meshuggah and uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan had a baby. And then the third album sounds like that baby had a baby with the guys in Gojira. And this record, it sounds like that baby had a baby with the guys in Between the Buried and Me. <laughs> and uh, it's all welcome. It's all welcome change. The, these, these records don't sound the same, which is kind of a miracle considering the fact that like, uh, what are the words I'm trying to find here? Uh, it's kind of a miracle considering that a lot of bands in this style can only play this style and they can never break out of it. And their records start sounding the same. Carbomb does not have that problem. They're, none of their records sound the same. They all have a very distinctive vibe to them. It's like on the scale of writing and recording, Carbomb has a rule. If we do more dissonant on this record, we have to do more melody on the next record. And this was just the melody being pushed to the max, but it's Carbomb, so they still had to be chaotic and they still had to punch you in the face with their intensity. But it had to sound nice. It's a great record. I would love to listen to this record on vinyl. Yeah. I think this one has the most vinyl-ready feeling, if that makes any sense. Totally. Yeah, I would love to hear this on vinyl, actually. Especially especially with like a good dynamic range mix on it. I think it would be just incredible. And uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those bands that like I'm listening to them and I'm like, how have I never heard of this band? <laughs> you know, uh, it was definitely a new experience for me. I know we did one of their albums on Patreon. And uh, that was kind of our first taste. And Joe's been pushing me for months, being like, so when are we going to get that full car bomb episode? And uh, so here it is uh, for you guys to listen to. And I, I'll tell you what, man, like, it doesn't matter what we say. This is one of those bands you got to just listen to and make up your own mind. You know, I sent Buddy a text message earlier and I was like, hey, dude, you really should check out Car Bomb. And he's like, which album? And I was like, anyone you want. <laughs> You're going to like all of it. Final thoughts on Car Bomb. Dan. You're going to love all of it, man. If you're into this kind of music, I mean, I, most people who listen to this show are definitely here for that. So um, Carbomb's the best band you've never heard of. They've been around for 20 years, and they're probably better than your favorite band in this style. So check them out. When I think of those perfect records, I think of Adam Ship. I think of Colors. Sometimes I think of While They Were Sleeping, because I do think that's the best record by Candiria. That's a new fan talking. There's a certain attitude that comes with that style of music where you're being chaotic, but you're also being metal and you're also being melodic. And it is very hard to mess up that balance and create something that is up your own ass and I have to buy into it to enjoy it. At no point while listening to Car Bomb do I need to buy into it. It's entertaining enough on its own, but it still has the mystery. It has that Dillinger escape plan style of, yeah, we're doing some shit in here and you're going to have to listen to it seven or eight times, but the band pays off. If you're here for all chaos, they're going to give that to you. If you're here for all melody, eventually they're going to give that to you. And it's all good. Nothing in here is a joke or a funny or a, hey guys, check out this weird noise we made. Isn't that funny? Oh, they're making some weird fucking noises. But for sure, it all makes sense in the context of Car Bomb. Yeah, totally. Damn, what's your album of the week? Oh man, my album of the week—that's a hard one because I've been listening to so much Car Bomb. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm going to go with "Arise and Conquer" by War of Ages. For me, it's Meta by Car Bomb. That record is probably a masterpiece, but the jury is still out in the final decision. They've been deliberating for a long time. 
That's awesome. Very long time. How many years is that now? Not very many for me. I just figured them out. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to this podcast and wish you could directly contribute to it, you can do that in a lot of ways. One of the biggest things that people like to do on this show is uh, send us band suggestions. If you have a favorite band that nobody's ever heard of, let us know. That that was how this Car Bomb episode came to be. I believe this was a Lance Allegood recommendation. The King of Metal. Yeah, and this dude knows how to pick some awesome bands. So if you've got another Car Bomb for us, uh, let us know. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal or at Discuss Metal Dan or Discuss Metal Joe. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. If you don't feel like doing all that, there's a clickable form that you can fill out that'll send a band recommendation directly to us and you can always talk to us in real time on our discord server there's a link in the show notes to that as well and uh, you can reach out to all the listeners that are on discord and if you ever wanted a pair of comfy socks or a t-shirt or a hoodie we've got some really cheap prices on our discography discussion merch if you just want discography discussions logo plastered on everything you own you can absolutely do that there'll be a link in the show notes for that as well and on that note this has been episode 161 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts including google play apple podcasts and stitcher visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion and please send questions and comments to dan and joe show at gmail.com if you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. 